Welcome back to Balancing the Biz. We are so excited to have Sonia Maroney again on the show. If you guys haven't listened, we had part one a few weeks ago. We wanted to have her back to talk about brand intentions and mindset shifts. Well, thanks for being with us again, Sonia. I really loved our first episode. I just, you blew my mind from that one. So I'm very excited <laughs> for part two of this. Uh... And, yeah, yeah. And um, I really wanted to just dive in first and foremost around and talk about what do brand intentions really mean? Is this like a mission statement or is this like a a back-end thing that you don't really show to your clients. Can you kind of talk us through what that is? Yeah, sure. So I always like to talk about brand intention because I feel like people really stop with the brand mission or like the I help statement. But I feel like brand and business, they have very different energies and sometimes they can overlap, but sometimes they're also very different. So having brand intention means having the foundation to where your brand is going to stand strong when shit hits the fan, basically. And you will see this when you have brands that are really, you know, structured and they have a lot of core values that they believe in. That's when they're going to have clear brand intention and they're going to stand strong while sometimes you can see brands that they don't really have clear brand intention and everything is just like following what other people are doing or even just trying to find the thing that works for them and sometimes that is just changing tweaking constantly trying to improve the brand but that you know is the work that you do before you develop your own brand strategy so having a clear brand intention means that you are looking at both your brand and business, the energetic of both, and compare them in a way that is, you know, it makes sense to you, to your audience, and is in complete alignment with your life as well. I love that. It sounds like it's more of like the the pillars of your business and what you come back to when things aren't working and trying to, you know, refocus, realign. And, you know, it's what you can lean on when shit does hit the fan. Like you said, I've never looked at it that way. That's an interesting take on it. Oh, thank you. Yeah. It's like, I feel like a lot of people don't consider that or like, there are so many things around the brand strategy, so many pillars, so many, you know, boxes that you have to strategize and brand intention doesn't really get discussed that much. And a lot of people might call it in a different way, but it. It's always interesting to start the brand strategy work with that, with the going within and, you know, detach a little bit from the concept of strategizing and having the perfect colors, the perfect fonts and all of that. If you don't have foundation, no colors is going to cut it in the end. Right. And I think you can tell when people don't have this for their business. Like you can tell, like you said, that they're constantly switching things up and it doesn't feel like there's any sort of clear message that's coming across. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. And it's almost like, I feel like this is hustling. It's almost like I have to create more content. I have to do more. I have to change my feed because now this is the trendy thing that is working. Right. Creating more viral things just because are the things that are working. And, you know, there is nothing wrong in creating more, doing more, but it depends if it's coming from a place of, 
that's my structure, that's how I do my things, that's how I want to do it, or a place of luck where I need to do it, otherwise I'm stuck, otherwise right. Yeah, it kind of goes back towards that that push or pull. So yeah. like creativity yeah. pulls you, the hustle is where you're pushing and it's forceful energy. And so I yeah. lo- also loved the energetics part of it because I think there's uh, this barrier between like corporate America, you're not supposed to show your personality, you're supposed to kind of fit this mold. And I struggled this when I was with this when I left corporate and started my own business. I I approached everything in a very cold, very structured manner that wasn't really in line with who I was as a business owner and what I wanted my business to represent. So that's just, that very resonated with me so much. Uh, And especially as creative, you know, it's not about just doing the work or fitting any box because it's the opposite of what we're doing, basically. (laughs) Especially you as a photographer, it's like you really don't want to fit any boxes. Yeah, <laughs> I got to right? stand out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so what do you feel like? Like, I feel like we all struggle with limiting beliefs. And I think it's heightened when we run a business because everything's on, on like, you know, 10. Like, everyone can see it if you have these limiting beliefs. What do you feel like um, are, like, the worst ones that people struggle with? So when it comes to branding, I have a lot of people that cannot decide. And... I'm also very bad at making decisions, like really, really bad. But I see my clients struggling so much when I present, for example, three uh, mood boards or three font option. And it's like, we have the brand strategy to back everything up. Whatever you choose is working. But, you know, it's just like, oh, I cannot make a decision. I have to ask my friend, my clients, my business friends, my boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever. And I feel like that's a little bit of limiting belief because you're not trusting yourself to decide what is the right decision for you. Mm. And especially I had this client that we had uh, three, I think four mood boards and we were able to narrow it down to two and that took like 10 days just to pick the one mood board. And I remember we were sending the mood board to past clients, to other friends, and she went on even catch-up calls showing the mood board. And she was like, I don't know what to do. And the struggle for her was that most of her clients picked the mood board that she didn't want. So mm. she felt like, oh, I need to pick what my clients want, even though my gut feeling is telling me to pick this one. So, you know, it's also the double guessing yourself. Like if everybody's liking that, then that's the right choice. In the end, she was able to choose the one that she really liked. And now it's like she would never go back to the other one. But the double guessing, the not being sure, not being able to make decision are the most common that I see with my clients. I'm honestly not surprised. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I'm not surprised either. And I feel like that's a big piece. I struggled with that like maybe about two years ago. I used to, I mean, decision fatigue is a big thing. But I think a lot of it boils down to like you weren't given the confidence to make decisions for yourself as a child. So now as an adult, you don't feel confident that you can make decisions for yourself that are good or bad or whatever. The other side of that is like looking for outer validation, you know, and I feel a lot of people have insecurities, especially when starting a business. And I feel like it's even more heightened for creatives because there's the stigma around your art's never going to make you enough money. And so they have this preconceived limiting belief that 
it's going to be hard for me to make money doing this. And it can be a self-sabotaging thought loop that you go through. So, and that's something I had to work through myself in my own business. So I'm not surprised at all. (laughs) (laughs) No, but same for me. For me, I think it would be the imposter syndrome and the seeking external validation are like the main thing that I sometimes fall into. But I realized that one of my love language that I, it seems not unrelated, but it's related. One of my love languages word of affirmation. So now I'm trying to shift my imposter, like imposter syndrome and like I need external validations. Like, no, I actually need, you know, reassurance in that sense. Mm. And, you know, it helped me with my, with my mindset and especially with the struggle that I had in the beginning because I was seeing that as a bad thing. Like, oh, I'm always looking for praise. I'm always looking for clients to tell me the good things, the beautiful things in me. But now I think I'm better because I acknowledge that this is also part of who I am in general. So it's easier. I heard something once, I don't know where it came from, but basically that like good praise and bad, what's the opposite of praise? Uh, criticism yeah like well I guess we could say like good feedback and bad feedback like they should almost be viewed in the same plane that Mm. it's all just external things that are coming in and it shouldn't affect like how you want to show up as a business which I mean there's a time and place of course for you know feedback to be constructive in a way but I kind of liked the idea of that because I feel like we put good feedback on such a pedestal And then if you let it, the bad feedback will just like tear you apart. So I don't know. I like to, I feel like that statement kind of just helped me to realize that like, it's all a balance in it. You know what I mean? Yes. 100%. You need both. And that's how you grow. Yeah. I feel like having the praise, maybe it's giving you the self-confidence to keep doing that. And the the feed, like the bad feedback is just helping you improve so that you can get more praise. (laughs) Right. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Do you feel like you notice a difference in businesses, whether they're your clients or just businesses, even if it's not your client, when they don't have their brand intentions set versus when they do? Yes. And I have a person in mind that she's like a big entrepreneur, influencer. I don't know. When I started, before I even started my business, I was just thinking of doing my own thing. It was always about starting my own business or just, you know, be my own boss. Mm -hmm. And I remember I had by, I had, yeah, I bought a book from this lady all about starting your influencing and blogging business. And I really remember the core values were or at least not the core values, still had no knowledge about that. But her interest and just the way she was, was really fashion, high luxury, high end kind of style. And I completely forgot about her. I started my business, stuff happened. And just recently I saw an ad coming on to my feed about the same chick being like spiritual entrepreneur, colors completely different, values completely different. And yeah that's a perfect example of no clear brand intention or even value or even structure honestly and I wish she you guys was could a- see our faces <laughs> <laughs> I like, was what? really shocked because I I bought the book I I think I enrolled in a couple of workshops I was really going all in even if I'm really the opposite of 
high fashion lover, like really the opposite. But I don't know, it was somebody that was helping me. And seeing this big shift really threw me a little bit off because she didn't keep anything of the old one. It's not like she she grew as a person and decided right. to, you know, pursue this other niche, but it was completely different. And I feel like it was just following the trend. So I kept receiving the same ad over and over and over. So I checked the profile and at the end, I even realized that she canceled everything. She only had one post saying that she was really confused. And I was like, yeah, no shit. I can get why. (laughs) (laughs) But that's a perfect example. (laughs) Yeah. And that's interesting because like, I'm thinking of it in multiple ways. Like, did she want a different clientele? Or was it, she was just trying to appeal to the masses. Like she felt like now becoming a spiritual kind of business would now bring in more people. I don't know. I think that that can be really confusing. And like, especially for all the people that are potentially going to work with you. I think that that can be really, really confusing. Really confusing. You know, like the important thing about Uh, brand intention or in general just setting a brand with strong foundation is that you're aligning both life and business so that you don't have to go through so many changes and it happens you know to completely change or to change the niche completely or to decide that you want to do something that you never done before it's completely fine but we can see everybody can see when that is not natural when it's just following a little bit the trends and probably I was not in the space when I saw her the first time so I don't know if that was the trend but she it really felt like she was more original back then and she maybe saw a potential in another niche but that confused her as well and that happens when also on the other side like reverse if I were to see that and think oh you know that's the normal thing to do if I feel the pull to change everything in my business to follow that then maybe my brand foundation wouldn't be so strong oh yeah that is such I a agree. good point mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> i i've noticed that um you just sharing that about that one influencer like i've seen it across other ones and it's kind of like a shoot and burn approach to like yeah. being this trendy um uh kind of go with the flow of what's like getting a lot of views for the moment. And it's confusing, honestly, because some of these profiles I've been following that have been doing this. And every time I go to their profile, it's targeted towards something else. And that kind of makes me lose uh, trust in that person as a business owner, if they're switching things up, because things that typically are working for you, you're going to rinse and repeat that. At least that's the approach mm-hmm. I take in my business. And that's just going to make you more valuable in the service you offer, speaking from a service industry perspective. But that's just so wild. I never looked at it that way because when I first started my business, I thought every like three to four years you needed to rebrand and redo everything. Mm-hmm. But that's that's a false narrative. Yeah, totally. Like you, you it's really not about that. It's good to refresh. It's completely sure, good yeah. to refresh and right. you know go over your brand strategy, see what you can change. But at the end of the day, what you really want to build is a timeless brand. And to be timeless, you really have to work a lot on yourself. You know, consider 
brand business life personality all of that and when you see that this is lacking like for me the example that I always try to make is with pop songs it's like you have that trend song staying for three months in on the radio maybe for a couple of weeks in your head then it's finished and you have to go and find another trendy song when if you were to create timeless music you know like music that my mom is listening to that maybe my kids will listen to that's the timeless music it doesn't matter what year is that and it seems easier to approach business from you know this trendy go viral kind of view and I feel like you know a lot of influencers and not only influencers but people got viral viral with something and that's how they started their business you know just doing random tiktoks and they went viral so Mm -hmm. it almost feels like this is the shortcut I don't have to think I don't have to plan I just have to keep doing (laughs) stupid things stupid things until you know it's working yeah yeah. (laughs) it's not the best approach (laughs) no it's not who's that vine the guy he's the blonde guy he went viral on vine when that was a thing that just came and went in like a year mm. and he he now he's like he's competed in ufc events uh, uh what is his name his he's, name should he, not even be spoken what that's a, piece a of trash that's a prime yeah. example he didn't do anything of value to get the celebrity status no and if anything crazy. he did things that should make him infamous but that's <laughs> another topic for another day his name oh, is logan paul that's who it is yeah <laughs> clearly he's very yeah. relevant in my life not really he did i mean i will not mention it because it we should not speak such terrible things on the podcast but i will tell you guys about it later okay. <laughs> he did well that's things. just a prime example of someone who's not in it to really like add value no. or influence be a positive influence you know it's just kind of like what can i get right. from this and that yeah. that instant gratification of like i want to go viral so i can start making money oh exactly and I hear it from some random you know people once in a while online or like that like want to go viral you know what I mean like that's become like a very big want and I don't know if I like yeah it's cool getting some views (laughs) on on you know but I don't care about that I don't know if like I wonder what the intentions are behind that like why do you want to go viral I feel like this is rooted in mindset and insecurities because mm-hmm. going viral right. means that you would wake up every day to millions of people following, commenting, praising you. Right. And that is like, you know, feeding your ego, feeding oh, whatever yeah. needs to be fed. And yeah, it's good for your ego. But yeah, it's not feeling you. But, you right. know, I think for me, the problem, the main problem is when I see this kind of people going viral and then turning themselves into business coaches or trying to teach you how to do that and it's it's so tough because sometimes you see people with so many followers that they're having the business for years but they were successful just because they went viral which is good to go viral but not you know if you if that is just for making money or for the gratification right right yeah for sure like yeah I think it'd be cool if this podcast went viral but not because I want like you don't want celebrity status yeah no I think it's would be cool to go viral because I think we share some good shit (laughs) like (laughs) you know (laughs) that's why (laughs) yeah yeah 
Yeah, and that's how it should be. It's not like right. you you have a structure in your podcast, like you're talking with specific people about specific topics. If right. you were tomorrow to talk about, you know, what are the most trendy TikTok sounds of 2022, and then you go viral for that, <laughs> I'm not. I sure. would be ashamed. <laughs> Me too. That would be so weird. I would hope that some people close to us would be like, are you guys okay? Uh, (laughs) Yes, I love that. Okay, we went on a little tangent. I want to get us back on track. So what actionable steps can business owners like me and Megan and our listeners take to identify core brand intentions and make adjustments in our businesses to reflect those deeply rooted pillars in our businesses? Yes. So self-reflection is my number Mm, one, but always, you know, journaling on what you really want. And it might sound very lame and I know everyone did it already. Like journaling about the perfect life. How do you wake up the perfect morning? It sounds really lame, but it's not. I do this. Yeah. I don't think it's lame. I feel like I did so many like you know, every self-discovering exercise starts with that it's like oh right. another one but if you do it correctly you will see patterns and my like the biggest takeaway or like the most important thing is always to consider business and life together the same way you would consider brand and business so they are not the same thing a lot of people interchange brand and business but you're running a business and building a personal brand so the more you can align the two the better it is so I would say this a lot of journaling self-reflection and Pinterest in stuff that are outside of your work so it could be Pinterest talks with business friends those help me so much even stuff completely not related so just being outside and do a hobby like I really go roller skating and I like to do that sometimes without music and that's when I have a lot of downloads or like things that I want to talk about it so I would say this I love all of those suggestions all right Sonia our last question for this episode do you mind sharing some of your favorite businesses that have really strong brand intentions behind them and how they show it so our listeners can do some creeping and get some ideas? <laughs> yes, for sure. One of I mean, my... first, we should start with you, but <laughs> I will throw that in there. Yeah, I'll throw that Thank in there. You. So one of my favorite <laughs> business owners, her name is Amy Finlayson. I can send you the link so you can. Yeah, please do. Perfect. She's really good. She has a podcast that she stopped, but the podcast was amazing. It was all about ethical marketing practices. And she used to Ooh. call out a lot of people. It was funny because she would actually <laughs> mention names and why it was wrong. It was really, really interesting. And I also like just reading her newsletter. I feel like her pillars are really rooted into ethical, sustainable. So that's really, really interesting. My second person is Fadley. She was a client of mine and I also work with her. Like we keep on working together. She's running a dual business similar to mine. So she has a content agency and mentorship. And I feel like she's just really rooted in 
freedom and most importantly doing business the way that she wants so you can really see the intention behind she's not following any rule of entrepreneurship not that there are any but like she's completely breaking all of them which is like you know waking up without an alarm waking up late just working in the middle of the day going outside on Wednesday this kind of stuff really really nice and I would say the last one is Diana from Deeply Rooted Studio and she's one of my business friends we always talk about design stuff together and she also talks pretty much about branding rooted in your own personality which is so beautiful that's why we resonate so much she has incredible brand intention behind the brand and she's so talented at what she does like incredibly incredible work so I would say those are my three people (laughs) I love that. Thank you for sharing that. I can't wait to go check these people out and do my own digging. (laughs) Yeah. We will definitely link them down in the show notes too. Oh yeah. Please share. (laughs) I just remember I recently found this coach. Her name is Rachel Turner and she's a trauma informed coach. And okay, cool. Just very cool content, very informative and different, completely different from the regular Instagram business coach. So that's why Mm. I like her. All of these people sound like I need them in my life in some form or another. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> and I also fun. have to say, I love that you mentioned a lot of other businesses that do similar things to what you do. Yeah, of course. Like there's something that has to be said about that too, just in the sense that like, you know, community over competition. Oh, like definitely reigns deep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, especially with friends I don't feel like competitors are important are a very important part of the business but it's not about stealing clients to each other you know we're just supporting you know we might share the same industry but the niche is probably always different anyway so that's why it's working oh yeah I love that me too Sonia thank you so much yes it was a delight to have you on yeah you're welcome back it anytime. Really <laughs> I would love to. <laughs> Thank Seriously. you so much. It was so much fun. Maybe next time you have to share your pancake recipe. <sighs> yes. <That's> so many. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we will see you next week.